Hey guys, before we get into the episode, I just wanted to take a second to talk to you about 12 Strides and 12 Group Norms for Liberty and Recovery. This is a book by former guest of the show, Asher Azo. And what it is, is a deep dive into libertarianism and 12-step philosophy. Not only do you get to learn about how to apply those principles to your very own life, but you also get to see what it looked like for the recovery community going through lockdowns and the COVID hysteria. Um, Also included at the end of the book is a fictional story about a man in recovery searching for his own son. Um, You can find this book on Amazon, paperback, or it's also available on Kindle. I will include the link to the book in the show notes page for this episode. So please go check it out. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Clean Libertarian Podcast. And I just want to say happy Father's Day to all the dads that are out there. Thank you so much for doing what you do, for leading by example, not only for the kids, but for the other dads in your life who are so damn clueless as to how to do this thing right. I am counted among them. Uh, I was reaching out to a particular group of guys that I stay in close contact with and just express gratitude because watching them go through life and rise to the occasion has been something that has taught me how to do the same. And so um, if you're listening to this and you don't have that, find that, man. Find those dads in your community and in your life who are who are doing that thing and pay close attention to them because that's how we learn, right? And, um, you know, the guest that I have on today falls right within that purview. This is JC. He is a friend of mine that I met on Twitter through the uh, Dad Roundtable group. He's actually going to be joining us on the next Dad Roundtable. But um, just in, in having discussions with him, JC has a lot of experience overcoming mental health issues. And this is one of those conversations, and I and I stated it at the end of the uh, conversation that I will be reflecting on in the future because there's just so much good information to be found here. Um, this is a great conversation. I know that you guys are going to enjoy it. So without any further ado, here is JC. All right. Been looking forward to this one for a while. JC, thank you so much for taking some time out of your Father's Day to hang out with a chucklehead like me. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. Doing right good. On. Man, um, yeah, you and I have been able to meet. There's a core group of men on Twitter that uh, that have have just kind of congregated and, and has become a, a source of support for, for myself and I know for others. And uh, you are definitely counted among those. And so... You know, this was a uh, this is a conversation I was looking forward to have just so I can hear a little bit of your backstory and uh, kind of like, yeah, where you're at today, what you've gone through, some of that some of that good, good, you know? Oh, yeah, man. Well, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, it's it's been an interesting experience. It's been a long journey from about 10 years ago. Uh, a lot of things in my life have changed uh, for the good. Some, some things have changed, but you know, and and they continue to change. Everything continues to evolve. You know, you evolve as a person and situations, and everything seems to, you know, it's a constant evolution. You're you. Uh, I like to call it. Um, you know, you. 
some people have a hard time with it, but you know, you, you really do develop an ego. And I don't mean the ego in a bad sense. I mean, an ego in a uh, philosophy sense, you develop a personality. And um, as you get older, your personality develops more and you develop, you know, you add things, you, you lose things that might be negative and you, you try to instill positive things or you get stuck in the past and you, you're not able to move on from those things and, and you're stuck as the same person, mm-hmm. which is, which is, which is sad, but you see that in a lot of people because you, they're not willing to accept the bad things and, and commit to change, you know? Right. So, uh, but my story, you know, um, my story, you know, I, I'm not going to get in the whole backstory of my life, but, um, you know, we, we were talking about at one point on Twitter about um, mental health. And I think we, we dove into the addiction side of mental health um, and <clears throat> how people can use um, substance abuse as a, as a way to self-medicate. And, and in my experience, that can hide a lot of underlying mental issues that you might have. Um, in fact, I think that, you know, when it comes to substance abuse programming, a lot of times you can find that people that ha- are, have trouble with substance abuse have a lot of underlying issues oh, and, yeah. and contributing factors. And that's why um, counseling and, and going to the right place is, is so key. But in, in my story, uh, it goes way back. Um, <clears throat> my wife and I were having marital problems like people do, you know, it, it happens. Um, and we went to marriage counseling and the marriage counselor decided, Hey, um, <laughs> this is bizarre, man. This is, now that I look back on this, this is crazy. The marriage counselor said, Hey man, uh, you know, everything that you're experiencing seems to tell me that you might have ADHD. And I was like, huh? It's like, that's weird. And, uh, so he said, here, fill out this test form and we'll see if you have attention deficit disorder. Now, up until that point, you know, I dabbled in a lot of drug use when I was younger. I never did anything hard, but I did marijuana and, and you know, I tried smoking weed and I loved it. I'm not going to lie. I loved it. And yeah. I still, I, I, I still occasionally partake and I, I and I'm not going to lie. I love it, but I can't do it right now because of my job. And we'll get into all that later too. But, right. um, you, so he, he said, let's, let's try the ADH thing. So I took the ADHD form and then I filled it out and, you know, finds out that I was positive for ADD and, uh, which I think like, if you're like 85% of people would probably be positive for ADD if you want to be perfectly honest. Um, so I went and I gave it to my doctor and my doctor says that you'll have to go, um, well, we'll just give you this ADD medication, um, called Vyvanse and we'll see how you do on it. So I was like, cool. I was like, this is, we'll see how it goes, you know? Yeah. So, um, about two to three weeks in, everything was good. I was fine, was feeling fine. My focus was like a laser. I mean, I was telling people this this shit's magic, dude. I mean, this is <laughs> this this, this, shit, this shit here is magic. I mean, it's yeah. beautiful. I feel 
I feel like everything's great. Everything's perfect. I'm fine. It's wonderful. And about six to seven weeks in, I was like, you know what? It's starting to wear off. I might need a little bit larger of a dose. Um, so I go back to my doctor, my, my, my physician. I'm like, yo, man, I'm like, hey, uh, can I get a little bit stronger of a dose? Because this feels like it's wearing off a little bit too fast. And he was like, well, let's give it another week or two. So I was like, okay. So another week or two goes by and he says, how do you, how do you feel? I was like, I still, you know, it's still not enough. Um, so he gave me, he gave me more of the Vyvanse and, um, which if anybody's never taken ADD medicine before, this stuff is like meth. I mean, it really yeah. is. I mean, it's, it's, it's meth. It's a methamphetamine. It's amphetamine, it's amphetamine salts. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. And on top of that, I mean, this stuff is legal and it's like pure. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, so here I am, uh, 30, what was I? 34 years old, mm-hmm. 34, 33, 34, and just taking this medication and buddy, all hell broke loose at some point. I can't, I can't tell you exactly when, because I don't remember. Um, there are a lot of things that happened here that are extremely hazy. Uh, basically, I figured out that if I, if I timed it right, I could take two doses. And... I could figure I figured out that I, there was a way for me to get almost double the dose, double prescriptions with a way I could uh, <clears throat> fill out the, the forms for, to, to, to give my prescriptions to a certain pharmacy. So here I am, dude, I'm taking almost double the dose of what I am. I'm getting about 18 hours worth of sleep a night, if that. Um, and then because I was up so high, I actually had to uh, figure out a way to start coming down because I, I was running so high all the time. I had to figure out a way to bring myself down. Well, what's the most natural thing that you could find to bring yourself down? The alcohol. Yeah. So not only did I start using the Vivance to, to jumpstart myself throughout my day, then I started using alcohol to bring myself down and to fall asleep, I would take like Tylenol PMs or Advil PMs on top of that. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is hell yeah. This is, a, this, is, this is a disaster waiting to happen, dude. I mean, this is like, this is like a runaway freight train of a, a train wreck about to happen. Yeah. Um, so that, that goes on. My, my, my wife is, you know, obviously, I mean, she is like distraught. She's freaking out. Uh, I'm telling everybody, look, I'm fine. You know, this, you know I'm feeling great. <laughs> I'm literally a functioning meth head, a legal yeah. functioning meth head running around <laughs> town. <laughs> it didn't yeah. get bad until I started waking up under bridges. That Ooh. was, that was, uh, I remember one time I woke up in a ditch uh, with neck, with my water, like kind of my head kind of like sideways. And I was just barely like whispering water, like, Whoa. Cause I just, I just crashed, you know, yeah. I must've been up for probably, uh, there's no telling God, no telling how long. And at that point I was working shift work. 
So um, my schedule was really bizarre, you know, I, 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 and I had a lot of time. So I, I just, you know, I passed out in the ditch. I was, you know, and and, um, and, and all of this was done legally. That's the, the crazy part. This yeah. is not, this is not, I'm not on the street looking for drugs. I would straighten up and go to the doctor, look normal. Here I am, doc. Everything's cool. You know, I'm good. You know, everything's fine. And uh, so, but what happened was I didn't know it at the time, but I was undiagnosed bipolar. Ooh. So I was gradually, slowly slipping into a state of psychosis extremely slowly, but it was happening. Mm -hmm. um, and that can happen in stages. As I found out, as I've be become a lot, man, I've done so much reading and so much studying and so many different things, making myself aware of everything that can happen. Luckily, I didn't pursue any other kind of avenues that usually follow um, this kind of thing. But it's, it's really sad. The next part of the story is really, it, it gets kind of rough. Um, so this, this kind of led into like a manic episode, um, where I couldn't work any longer. And so, um, work, my wife actually, I actually ended up having to be hospitalized and, uh, I got out of the hospital and, um, at one point I was so high that, uh, I, I had a suicide attempt, um, it's I loaded a 12 gauge shotgun with a 14 gauge shell and racked it back mm -hmm. and didn't realize that the shell um, had been pushed up just far enough from the firing pin. Like I pulled the trigger. Uh, I remember I distinctly remember. I mean, it was a long time before I, I had panic attacks of hearing a click of a, you know, if I heard of like the firing pin sound, you know. I mean, there's still, you know, there is a long time when I would taste metal in my mouth. You know, if I had a met metallic taste in my mouth, you know, it would kind of trigger a, a memory of that time when I, you know, because I, I tried and I was unsuccessful. And um, but, you know, th that did happen um, because my wife came in about 35 seconds after I tried. She was actually felt like something was wrong and came home and found me and found me on the couch trying to pull the, the shell out so I could make another attempt because I was, I was in so much pain at that point that I just wanted it to end. Like the pain was just like, it felt like my mind was on fire and it wouldn't stop. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and I've, you know, I know a lot of people that, that have had this, had a, I've read about people who've had a similar experience taking, um, uh, abusing, I shouldn't say taking, because there are people who need it and take it and don't ever have a horrible experience, but because of the underlying bipolar and the underlying, um, addiction that happened, um, I just couldn't stop myself. And I felt like the only way to stop it was to make me stop.
period because my my mind was on fire like that and it was brutal man it was oh man if i if i sit back and really really dig deep into the things that i would would feel and see and you know you don't you have trouble drawing what's real what's not real it is a it is a nightmare existence and when i when i see drug addicts or i see somebody going through recovery trying to recover i'm like dude i i understand that you know yeah it's it's uh i understand man i can i i know where you're at you know it's 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 hard it's hard to talk about but i overcame it and um I didn't overcome it. They, they sent me to a hospital where I spent a couple days and then I, I signed, signed myself in and then I told him I was fine and I signed myself right back. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. And so I got hooked up with a, a really good guy, a really good doctor. Um, and I was supposed to go see him, but then I had a relapse episode and then I had to go to a facility in Mississippi. Um, and, uh, Mississippi for all of her faults, um, really does everything possible to help the men like has a mental health program. And if anybody's listening right now and you feel like you need help, uh, or your family needs help, uh, there are a lot of community-based mental health programs that you can reach out to. You just got to look, um, there are people out there that want to help you. Uh, you're not alone. There are people out there that 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 will that will do you right. Um, I've always wanted to get myself in the position to be able to do more advocacy work, uh, especially for people with who, who suffer from mental illness. Because man, it's heartbreaking. Man, I I know what that's like to be on that side. So I I, I went through that and went through the program, and the detox was was a nightmare. Was horrible um, because. I remember telling one of the doctors, I can't feel anything. Mm. I can't feel, I couldn't feel like it was a absolute feeling of being numb. Like if you sit on your hand and you know how your hand feels when you're numb, your hand is numb. That's the way my brain felt. I I couldn't have it. I didn't have any emotion. I didn't have any joy, any hope. I couldn't feel sadness. It was almost like my whole learning process has had been wiped from my brain um, when it came to feeling uh, emotion. So I remember telling him that, um, look, man, I, I just can't feel anything. And he and he explained, he was like, look, man, it's your nervous system. This is what the drugs did. This is what the combination of the alcohol did. This stuff will heal itself. It's just going to take time. You know, you're going to have to you're going to have to give it time, man. And it's going to, it's going to get better and it, but you're going to be frustrated. And he was worried it was going to launch me into a depression, a depressive state because a lot of people, that's why a lot of people will relapse back into it because they can't feel it. Right. You know, when you, when you yeah. rip that out, when you rip alcohol away from somebody, they just, you, you know, that's just a feeling, you know, where you, you, you lose your, who wants to live that way? Right. But you but you, you can get through that. You know, you can push through that, but that push through that is, is hell, man. Yeah, it's a meat grinder. Uh, oh, it is. It's a total meat grinder. It is it is awful. So push through all that and um 
you know, started going to this new doctor and he's, he put me on, uh, he's, he's put me on some medication that I've been taking now for the last eight years. Um, and have been doing, living a normal life, bro. Just living a, a normal life. Um, you know, the, the, the bipolar diagnosis, uh, is, is a spectrum. I suffer from the, the, I tell everybody, uh, everybody laughs because I didn't realize this about myself at the time. Um, I'm naturally high. My mom used to call me space cadet because, <laughs> because <laughs> I, I, I'm on the more, the higher end of the dopamine scale. Um, so my, my highs are, are pretty much constant. I, if I, if I can drink an energy drink, man, I'm ready to like run a 5k and, and, and pound out in the gym for hours. Right. You know, I'm just, that's just, that's my mental makeup. That's who I am. Um, but also, you know, there's two, there's, there's two times that there's one time of the year where I can, I can dive down in a little bit of depression, but you know, I consider myself lucky dealing with this part of the mental illness rather than the manic depressive side or the, or the, ang- and having the anxiety. Because, man, I really feel for those people that suffer through that because I've had the depression. And it, like I said, it's usually about two weeks out of the year. I know when it's coming. I know how to prepare for it. It's usually right at the beginning of the fall. Because, you know, when it comes to mental illnesses, most mental illnesses, you fall back and you spring forward. So it's spring and summer and, and fall and winter. Right. Uh, but I, I, I fought, man. Um, I, and I know what to do during my depression. I know what to do when that, when that starts to happen. So I don't, I don't fall in that trap, but one of the main things to keep myself from doing that is to stay, is to, you know, take your meds. And that's a lot of things that like bipolar people hate doing because when you take your meds, they feel like they're taking a part of themselves away. You know, yeah. I, I take, I take my meds every day religiously. Cause I'm going to say, I ain't never getting like that again, bro. <laughs> I ain't never going back there. But it, it's it it's crazy to think about the amount of people that are out there suffering right now, um, especially in America today. You you look at everything going on on the West Coast. Um, you know, you see images from San Francisco, and, and we make fun of it, and we 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 talk about it. But man, in some ways, man, it just it I can't make fun of it. It breaks my heart dude, because I, I know the anguish that these people are in and you're like, no, they're not. They're, they're, they're throwing feces on people, you know? And I'm like, you know, you got to understand, like that is not that person. Right. You know, exactly right, man. I, I'll tell you. So like I started working in the field, um, you know, uh, about a year ago and throughout that just, sitting there get sitting there and 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 working with people who it's like you said right like once you stop doing the things you're doing then you feel numb there's yeah. also that transitional phase for men, mental health like coming off your meds you know if you've been on you reach clinical value or therapeutic value and then you stop taking that guess what you wind up in 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 that weird space you yeah. know and yeah. yeah those people that you see lashing out like that that's not them man that's the illness you know and 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 it's hard for people to stand up and say like me right now like me talking about this this is you know this is the first time i'm ever publicly doing this 
Um, and it's taken 10 years for me to, to, to draw up the, the courage to do it because there's such a stigma about it. But it's important. It, yeah. it's, it's, it's important for people who have had an experience, who, who go, through the, go through it, and, you know, who can hold a job. You know, I, I, I've held a job ever since I've been diagnosed um, and, and can really work through it. And you've got to be able to do that. You've got to be able to get to that point. And it's important for other people to go, oh, well, he, he did it. That means I can do it. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not saying that I'm going to be that kind of person, but I was just talking to my brother about it. And I was like, man, man I really need to reach out to people and, and, and let people know there's hope out there. Cause I see a ton of suffering when it comes to this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and having other people see the key is, is that finding a place of balance, which you found obviously in your life and being able to be that, that kind of rock for somebody else who's at their bottom. Right. Uh, that's exactly. huge, man. That's oh, huge yeah. for them to be able to look at you and say, wow, he, he went through what I went through, but look at him now, you know, that's, that's what it takes. Um, that hits a lot different than the, the white lab coat, you know, with the prescription pad. Oh yeah, definitely. Cause you know, especially if you, you suffer from bipolar because you automatically think that you're smarter and better than everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> ain't it's, it though? It's weird when you look back. When I look back and I look at the symptoms and 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 the uh, the, the the all the tells of what it is to be bipolar, it's like I check marked off on every one of them. Like yeah. I thought, I, I thought I was just a God's gift to the world and a superior human being. Man, I just did. Now I realize, man, you were so full of shit. Like, <laughs> Oh, and you got to, but, but, you know, it's, it's important to understand those things. It, it really is. It's important to understand, you know, um, I found out it's important for me because, you know, it, it tells me where I'm at, uh, at, at, at any given time, you know, yeah. it tells me it, when I start thinking certain things, I can go, whoa, 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 whoa. Like something, something's not right. You know, dude, you got to kind of like, let's chill out here. Something's, Something might be off. Right. And um, my doctor has always encouraged me a lot because I've, I'm like, he says I'm his only patient that will call him and be like, hey, man, something's not right. And, and it's because I, I'm, I'm in tune with myself. I'm in tune with my body. I, I, I listen to myself. And how did you I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm very interested. How did you get to that place? where you're in tune with yourself and, and is there anything that you do to keep yourself there? Well, you know, having a good support system is important. Um, mm. and also, uh, being scared of the person who you are when you're not. Mm. I get that. Yeah. Um, being scared of the guy who is self-destructive, or who is extremely arrogant, um, who is basically just a supreme asshole. Yeah. yeah. You know, I have an uncle who suffers from the same thing and he is incredible. He is incredibly smart. He was a Navy engineer. He worked on Tomahawk. He was an engineer of Tomahawk missiles. Um, he, he traveled all over the world. Brilliant guy. Um, couldn't stay married to save his life. Um, 
just totally into himself, all about him. Mm-hmm. Nobody else mattered. Not his family, self-destructive, uh, would completely annihilate anything, and prideful, arrogant, arrogant as hell. I mean, yeah. one of the most arrogant individuals I've ever come across. So when you when you're scared of that guy, you know, um, more than you're scared of of anything else, because nobody wants to live that way. You know, no, nobody wants to be that person. Right. Um, I definitely don't want to be that person. I want to be the JC everybody everybody loves and enjoys. And I tell everybody that I I do have there. Everybody has two sides of a coin. It's only the that's not two sides of a coin. That's a completely different individual altogether who I don't want to have anything to do with. Right. You know, so that's, that's, that's where I come from. And if people, I call it looking, I I call it looking in the mirror and and seeing what you are. You've got to have the courage um, if to look in the mirror and stare yourself down. You know, and, and look at those nasty, disgusting parts of your personality that that are not healthy, um, that are toxic. And they're not only toxic to you, they're toxic to the people around you. Right. You have to be able to um, destroy that toxicity within yourself. And that's hard, man. I mean, that, but you've got to realize that 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 part of you doesn't have to be part of you. You can change that, you know, you can overcome that. So that's it. That's, that's what, that's what motivates me. I do not want to be that person. Yeah. Don't want to go back to that. And and I can identify with it because that's shit. That's what I deal with. But the reason I asked is like, how do you stay there? Is Cause like for me, I, I roll in and out of that awareness. I, it, it it's very easy for me to become complacent in my day-to-day life. And when that former version of myself starts to creep in, by the time I notice it, you know, there's a lot of areas of my life where I've let it slip. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think, I think one of the keys to developing, um, especially for me personally, this is, this is for me. Um, it's just physical activity. Hmm. I've recently started losing a lot of weight, but I've always been interested in going to the gym and stuff. And I've recently lost a whole bunch of weight. Um, but staying mentally focused is, is intricately tied to your diet. It's tied to, and tied to working out. Um, people will jump up and down. They might get mad at me saying that I I don't care. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Physical, physical activity. I don't care if it's walking two miles a day, which my physician has always said, you need to walk at least two miles a day or um, lifting weights and, and dieting and exercise. I mean, and, and, and not putting garbage in your body. Most people don't, you know, and it, that will really, even that alone in a healthy person can just change a, a healthy mind minded person out. I mean, it really can, it can change your whole, your whole out, the outlook, but with the working out for me, it was always, um, you know, recently about two years ago, I was like, I really wanted to change some things. I really wanted to start developing some different habits. Um, 
I don't know if you've ever read seven habits of highly effective people, which is a, which is a business book. Um, but the first half of the book is, is really relates to the individual, uh, yourself as a, as a person on a, on a whole. And it, it talks about all different things like paradigm shifts and, and, and how you can change all that. But I, I wanted to do one thing I could remain consistent at because I felt like for my whole life, I would start and stop, start and stop. I'd get excited about something. I would do it for a little while and then I'd move on and jump to the next thing. You know, it would be, it was always the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, always chasing the next thing. And instead of saying, okay, you know what? I'm going to stick with this one thing. And if I can accomplish this one thing, then I can add more things to it eventually. But let's just focus on getting up every day and working out. And then and then just go to work. Let's not let's not say you're gonna do this, you're gonna do that, you're gonna do this, this is gonna happen. You know, let's not live in some kind of like because a lot of times we want to live in like a fantasy world where we dream big, but we're not willing to put in the work for it. Yeah. So you know, it's that consistency and, and working out for me has, has led me to a, a consistency, man, where I can, where I can, you know, I, I know that I can remain consistent in it. So let's go, let's, let's, let's be consistent in one thing. And that's what I've been trying to do. And I, I've been slowly considering what I'm going to add to it too, man. I'm working on that, but it's, uh, the you know, that's where I'm at with that. So I could tell like, so you've, you've seen, I'm just now dipping my toe into the working out and doing well for my physical self trying to, and I can tell that like, whenever I am, uh, when I eat right throughout the week, my mental health is great. When I eat like shit, like this weekend, I, I, we, we went out of town. So I ate out of convenience, you know, yeah. like we just brought some hot dogs and just some other shit that wasn't really good for me. And I feel like 20 pounds of shit in a five pound bag right now. You know what I mean? Like Dude, just- <laughs> if I eat fast food, I t- it's if I'm backed up doing fast food, it's the quickest way to unload you, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 You need to, um, well, you know, I eat a lot of, I eat a lot of protein. That's one thing, but I'm not on keto or anything. And I, I did do keto. Um, keto is great. If you want to jumpstart a diet, but mm-hmm. I love, man, I, I'm all about protein and mixing in um, fruits and vegetables, um, natural greens, stuff like that. I, I very rarely, I think the other day I ate, we, me and a, a buddy of mine, we were doing some work and we jumped over and we ate, uh, what do we eat? Popeyes. I had a Popeye sandwich, fried chicken. Can't beat it. Love it. Mm, yeah. Beautiful. Mm, I love that chicken <laughs> for Popeye. But yeah, uh, yeah you got to, I, I, I'm not religious. I'm not like a religious zealot about it either, though, because the, uh, that journey takes a lot of time. You've got to you got to look at it as like as more of a journey rather than you, you can't look at immediate results. You know, me and you had a Twitter thread about that. You, you can't and you can't beat yourself up about it because I think a lot of people hit that wall, man, and they and they just they rip themselves to shreds, dude. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. Like for me with keto specifically, that's the problem I kept running into 
um, was that like you fall off the beam a little bit and it's just like, it was terrible, but like doing what I'm doing now. So like, yeah, I ate like crap this weekend, but it's not going to be hard for me to get back to that. Just, Hey, be mindful of what you're eating. Instead of using rice, use cauliflower rice, right? Like mm -hmm. stay away from the dairy and stuff like that. And I mean, I haven't lost a lot and I'm no expert, but like, I, I know for like what I'm doing right now is working for me. And I think a big portion of it for me has been like not being so damn hard on myself when I fall off the beam a little bit. Right. Exactly. You know, exactly. And, and you're, because you're going to go through those periods. I mean, everybody that I know, um, one of the, one of the, my favorite, there's a lot of, you know, you can draw a lot of support from, you know, this is one of the good things about social media, TikTok. man, there are so many good trainers and so many good dietitians on TikTok that have such great advice. Now, some of them are completely kooky. I mean, they're, they're ridiculous. And some of them are just trying to sell you stuff. Right. But every once in a while, you get a couple of them that really have some really good stuff. And one of my favorite, uh, when I was started keto and doing everything, and then I quit, I got off keto. One of my favorite things, videos on TikTok was a guy who was like eating pizza and, and the question was, how do you eat your pizza? And he was like, one bite at a time. <laughs> because he, he, didn't, he didn't stress over it. Like, if he wanted to eat pizza once every two weeks, he didn't kill himself over it. Right. You know, he didn't worry about it. He just ate the pizza. It's just right. a pizza. You know, if you're doing the work and, and, you, and you're putting the time in, the results are going to come over time. You know, but they're not going to be immediate either. I mean, it's stuff that you've got to you've got to work at. So, right. But you know, I I do thirty minutes in the morning of uh, on an elliptical machine, and then I I, I do uh, about 30, 40 minutes. Me and my buddy from work, uh, we go and we we lift uh, on our lunch break, and then we you know, I usually eat a peanut butter sandwich before I go and uh, eat a sandwich when I come back usually eat for breakfast i'll usually eat eggs and bacon and in the evening i'll try to eat chicken or like something like that something some protein and try to stay away from any carbs or anything like that because i've already eaten four pieces of bread earlier that day so i, I don't need any more carbs because carbohydrates are important you know that they, they are an important part of your diet cutting them out you know that's why a lot of people fail too because they fail to realize how dependent their body is on them you know, they go through that keto flu and they, and they, and they, then they quit. So, but carbohydrates are really important for your body. So you've got to, you've got to be careful. You know, you got to be careful what you do. Right. Yeah. I, and I think, um, I don't know, man, there's certain carbs. Like if I'm eating, if I'm eating rice and ground Turkey, I'm going to feel way different than I'm up if I'm eating a hamburger bun with, a hamburger patty and cheese on it, you know, yeah. like I'm my, my body reacts to that differently, you know, and I don't know. Um, yeah, it's a lot, it, it's, it's a lot of a learning curve, uh, for me at this point, but I definitely wanted to touch on that point and, and I'm glad that you did on how married your physical self and your mental self are to one another. Oh yeah. You know? And, yeah, how one benefits the other, and I'm I'm really glad you brought that up, man. Oh yeah, and and, and you know, and, and 
and also it's, it's, you know, it's just not the mental and physical side. I mean, you gotta, it's all about balance, man. It really is. It's, it's all about balance. I try to, I, I've tried to really balance a lot of things in my life. Uh, like I try to read, um, I try to do a lot of different things to educate myself, uh, to keep learning. Um, because your mind, your mind is a sponge and what you suck in is what you're going to put out. I mean, you know, and garbage in, garbage out, garbage in your mouth, garbage out on your body turns into fat garbage in your mind. Uh, with one, with one thing, you know, garbage is going to come out on the other end with your mind. And it's easy for people to, uh, you know, it's, it's really easy. I mean, Twitter is a perfect example of, the whole garbage in, garbage out. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh shit, you ain't lying, boy. It really Damn. is. I can look, dude, dude. I get sucked into that shit so hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. I, I, like, I can get sucked in in a minute, man. I mean, you, you, you just, you want to see somebody who's a Twitter addict? I, I, I am a like, I, I have to like physically go, no, 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 mm -hmm. no, not doing it, no not looking at it and then yeah. five minutes later my phone will be in my hand and i'll be looking at it and i'll be like how the hell did you get in my hand it's like that but it's like it's because of the way we are i mean we're kind of, you know our, our whole world we were never designed to be like this either though no. i mean we weren't and so you've got to make it's it's making conscious efforts to do positive things um, you've got to make a conscious effort to, instead of getting on Twitter, um, let me read a couple chapters of a book, you know, and that's one thing I do. I like to do when I read is, you know, I don't read like one book. I'll take like five books and try to read two chapters a day from each one of them, you know, and, and, and just balance it out. Like, you know, read a chapter from here and don't kill yourself about it, but you know, don't be religious about it, but just be, you know, like I'm going to, instead of picking up Twitter right now, I'm going to pick up my tablet and I'm going to read a little bit or, you know, and, and try to put positive things in your life. Um, Cause there's so much negativity out there, man. It, the world is just ate up with negativity. And especially one of the, one of the things that really changed my life about a, uh, about two years ago was when I met uh, Tuck, Jay and, and, and uh, BK, man, because I, they really helped me break my addiction to politics. Like I was addicted to politics, man. I mean, and, and it was toxic. Like it was yeah. totally toxic. I mean, the, the, after the Trump era and everything that was going on in Washington and I, man, it was just, it was just pouring me down, dude. And here comes BK and, 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 and Jerry and Tuck. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and you know how that goes. Oh, I, mean, yeah. you know, I, I mean, they're my boys, dude. They are my boys. I mean, I love them. I mean, I love them. So look, man, you can't, I can't love a group of guys more. I mean, they are like my rock. I mean, yeah. but it, the whole, the whole, um, it just, it, it's all bullshit, you know, and, it, and, and it's bullshit because it's corporate driven. They want to keep you enraged. Mm -hmm. They want to keep you addicted. And it's on both sides, you know, yeah. it, it's on, it's on both sides of the aisle. Uh, it's on both sides of the media. 
The right wants to keep you addicted. They want to keep you mad. The left wants to keep you addicted. They want to keep you mad. And they both want to go out at each other. You know why? Because they're making billions of dollars off of it. That's right. They're making billions of dollars off of you retweeting their stuff on Twitter. Mm -hmm. They're making billions of dollars on you listening to their podcasts and you reading their stories. You know? Yeah. And so what happens? It just keeps driving the machine forward. And the machine just keeps on needing more and more and more and more and more. Right. And it's just it's just steadily building more and more rage, you know? And and yep. it's not that way for everything. It's it's not that way for everything. There are some really important things that need to be discussed. Okay. I mean, I have a lot of friends that are involved in politics and I love them to death. And in local politics here in my town, um, and I know a lot of people in national politics, like not personally, but like kind of back and forth. And they're great people and they mean well. And there's a lot of writers and stuff out there that mean well. So not everybody is is doing it, but it is part of a machine, you know. It just is. Yeah. I don't. I don't know any other way to put it. But it, it, and it's it's a destructive machine because we see what's going on in society. Um, you know, it, I try not to be a too much of a rose colored glasses person because I can tend to be that way. Um, I can tend to be overly positive and optimistic sometimes. Uh, Tuck, Tuck and Jerry help with that a lot. They yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. You ain't lying, boy. They hit you with the realness real fast, man. <laughs> Oh hell, that's funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you I mean, ever want somebody to tell you straight? Tuck them, tell it straight. Boy, he, he ain't gonna pull no punches on you. That's for sure. But yeah, yeah man, crabby old bastard. <laughs> yeah, and and I I tend to be like you too. You know, like I I am um I am very much so against black pills. I don't like them at all. Like I am a white pill type of person. I have to be. Um. You know, but there's I stay away from people who uh, stay in the negative constantly. Uh, but I do find a lot of value in hanging around realists. And so I think that that's kind of what draws me to that particular group of knuckleheads, just like oh, you, you know, we are. We are total knuckleheads. We are, mm -hmm. we are all a bunch of knuckleheads trying. For sure. And we're all a bunch of knuckleheads trying to figure this out because it's almost like in the in the age of the Internet. You know, before we had a roadmap, you know, our our great our grandparents had a roadmap, you know, go to work every day, nine to five, buy a house, get get a car, raise your kids, send your kids to public school, um, you know, join the PTA, do all those things. And, and because for years and years and years, you know, going back 100 years ago, there, there was there was a roadmap. There was a roadmap to get out of poverty. You know, there was a roadmap to be able to do these things. You work hard. You put your now, with our generation, like the late Generation X and the early, you know, millennials, the roadmap is completely fucked. Yeah. Like, yeah. There is yeah. no roadmap. Like, and then it, it's there has been upheaval. There has been upheaval since I've been 18 years old. You know, I mean, for what was it, 22 years, 
we never knew a time when we weren't in a state of war. You know, so the the roadmap is shot. The roadmap to, to what is success is shot because of social media. What is success? Well, success is however you define it. Right. What does it mean to you? Well, everybody is out there. there there's no common ground for people to, to work for. There's no common ground that says, okay, having a family means this. Well, you know, now we have having this is general, is, is whatever you want it to be. Everything is whatever you want it to be. There's no solid ground. Everything is fluid. You know, so we have no direction. So I think, you know, that's part of what's what we're seeing in the mental health thing also. Yeah. Is, um, there's there's no direction. And when people don't have a direction, they go crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah. when they don't when there's no set absolutes, uh you know, human beings aren't meant to, aren't designed to live that way. They're not. I mean, we are, we're not saying we're all rules regulated people, but there are guidelines to, you know, society, how society should work. And society right now is just making a gigantic right turn. Like, you know, and I'm not sitting here saying we're going to fix the seat of collapse of society, but you know, whenever you start to see the massive amount of mental health issues we're having right now in this country, yeah, man, it's it's time to take it's, t- it's time to really take a take a step back and, and, and say, what are the contributing factors? You know, access to pharmaceuticals is horrible and people are going to might hate me to say this. If you have your kid on ADHD medicine, please think twice. Yep. Please, 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 especially if it's a little boy. Especially if you have a little boy, please think twice. Mm-hmm. Please just listen to me just right now. Don't do it unless you absolutely have to do it. Um, you know, prescription drugs, uh, alcoholism, uh, hard drugs, fentanyl. You know, we, we see all these things and it's all a, it's a sick society, man. Our society is, is dying. Really, it's all dying right in front of our face. I don't know what the answers are. I have no answers. And all I know is what I can do is I feel like the little Dutch boy, you know, just trying to, all we can really do is try to plug up one life at a time, you know, reach one person at a time. You know, if enough of us reach out to reach one person, that's why, you know, I tell every, I try to tell people who are like really big time into um, national politics, you know, and this pisses them off when I do it, man. I've seen the look in their face. It just makes them furious. They'll be be all about the federal government or all about this. I'm like, what did you do in your local community today? Bingo. There it is. Did you go to your soup kitchen? Did you go to the YMCA and and reach out to a a kid that was suffering because he has no parents? Did you... um, you, you try to donate some clothes to a homeless shelter. Did you reach out to somebody today? Did you try to do something kind for somebody in your community today? You know, or are you just going to be part of the problem? Because let me tell you, there's nothing you can do in Washington. Not a thing. And let, and let me tell you else, something else. But he gives a shit what you say. <laughs> yep. 
I'm so I'm sorry for the language, but I mean, no, I, I mean, know, hell, that's I don't know how to put it anyway. That's that's how we, that's how we speak around here. Damn it, you know, that's how we speak. That's our language, brother. But you know, it, I'm I'm not a religious man, uh, you know, per se uh, at all. I I'm I I feel I'm a very spiritual man and with religious leanings. But one thing I could tell you is that even in modern day America, at least around here, the ones doing the most for the poverty stricken are the churches. Oh yeah. You know, n- not these. Yeah. I don't want to go down this road, but I'm going to have to not these people who are, you know, bemoaning the involvement of church and, and public life and, and this and that, not the, not the like militant atheists, you know, that they're not the ones doing a whole lot. Uh, I'm not saying that they all don't do anything, but I, I will tell you that the clothing closets, the, the soup kitchens, the, the, the food pantries, all of them are church ran around here. All oh yeah. A uh, majority of them are here too. Now, now, like I was saying, life health, which is the free service in Mississippi, um, that state ran and, uh, probably horribly underfunded, but there are a, a ton of great people that are there, mm-hmm. a ton of great people that work there. I mean, just absolutely wonderful people. They, but you're right. I mean, church, I mean, I was a Methodist lay speaker for four years before and um even after my my episode and i, I had to come i had to come to jesus moment. <laughs> <laughs> i had a i had I, I had to really uh take stock of that um and i lean on my you know you can't help it you, you do what you know you know you, you do what what you what, what you've been brought up in so i i do have a little bit more of a spirituality aspect to my life that I look at things spiritually through a spiritual lens. Um, I would say though, that, you know, when people ask me stuff like that now, because they know I was a lay speaker, my answer is most of the time is I don't have any answers for you. Mm. I, I have no answers for you. So, so you don't have to come at me looking for answers. I don't have any answers to give you. All I can tell you is go out there, be a good person, love people for who they are. And if somebody's an asshole, call them out, you know? Yeah. I, I call, I, I call them out like, dude, like, come on, man. Like, let's not be this way. You know, that's what I love about my job. I get up, I'm a lineman, get up every day, eight to five, most days, unless we work overtime or I'm on call right now, but, uh, you know, and that's another thing that, you know, you can dive into the mental health aspect is is um, finding a job, man, that you're happy with. Yes. That's huge. Find a job that makes you happy. And if you're not happy, find it. Yeah. Find the work that makes you feel fulfilled. It will change your life. My job right now, I was a power plant operator for um, 17 years. I worked in the power plant and they shut it down. My company came to me and said, Hey, look, we love you. You're a great guy. You've worked for us so hard for all these years. 
we don't have anything else open, but we'd like to do this for you. We will move you to the line crew and make you a lineman. And I was apprehensive about it. I didn't know if I was going to like it. And I got moved to it. I freaking wish that I had done this straight out of high school, dude. I mean, but, you know, I found something that I love to do. And that that alone can help your life. Yeah. It's finding that, finding that thing you love, man, that, that you're passionate about. And I love it because I'm surrounded by men every day. And these aren't, these aren't men. These are men. Like, yeah. I'm sort of, <laughs> like these are badasses. Like, I mean, these, these guys, these guys are like, we are all out testosterone filled. I mean, that they might, the, the, cleaning guy must have to mop the testosterone on the floor every day after we get out at five o'clock. I mean, because it's just just bad, man. I mean, it's, it's unreal. I mean, it's crazy in there and I love it. I love the environment. I love the environment of going in there and people cussing and screaming and in each other's faces and, and and everything's high energy. And of course, because we're messing with high voltage and, you know, we're six inches from death half the time, you know, but that environment for my personality and for me, it's perfect. For somebody else, that might give them super anxiety and they might want to shrink into a corner. But you've got to find what you love to do and then pursue that because that, that alone can change your whole life. And especially if you, if you have something that you're dealing with mentally, I mean, please consider changing yeah. your career, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's where you, that's where you spend the majority of your life. Yep. You know, on a full-time job, especially if it's uh something, you know, in the in the construction or labor field, because you're hitting up OT guaranteed, you know. Oh yeah, man. I'll tell you what, nothing will make you feel better than going out and working working hard every day. Yep. I mean, and like I said, I mean, that's me. I mean, a lot of people might laugh and think that's stupid. But for me, there there is nothing like working hard every day. I mean, one of my, one of my, uh, crew, my crewmates, uh, somebody asked him a couple of weeks ago about, you know, what's he going to do when they promote him eventually. And he was like, I'm going to still come out here and work right next to y'all. They were like, well, yeah, right. That'll change. But it probably won't because the guys that get advanced, uh, that are supervisors that could have some desk, field every day with us they still get in the bucket they still show up to storms it's just it's something about the nature of the way it is once she gets in your blood and you love it so much you just don't want to stop and it's it's a lot of it has to do i think with the camaraderie so i mean that camaraderie uh you know I'll i'll tell any guy i'll tell any man dude if you're looking for a career consider it because it's awesome and i'm doing it i'm at 42 I won't become a full-fledged lineman. I'm an lineman apprentice right now. I won't become a full-fledged lineman until I'm. Uh, let's see, I will. It's in three years, so I'll be 45 before I can say I'm a full-fledged lineman. You know, I started a whole new career at at 42. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I mean, you just got to make your mind up and want to do it. So yeah, that's, that's big league right there, too, man. Having the faith to walk out and, and do that, you know, like that's it's fucking huge, man. There's a lot of people that'll stick with something because they're too afraid to make a move. 
Well, you know, you know nothing happens. No, nothing will change in your life unless you, <clears throat> unless you you make effort. And, and they all no risk. Well, it's it's the truth, man. You, you don't take the risk, you're never going to have the reward. And <clears throat> you've got to be able to. You know, people ask me I, how, what was it? To, what's it like to live this way? What's it like to, to, to be this way? Like, what's it like to, to suffer through a mental, a mental disease like this every day and then continue on and work a full-time job and, and work that eight to five and, and, and go and work out. And what makes you do all that? And like I said earlier, man, it's because I, I try to kill that, that negative side of the ego, man. I want to be that good father. I want to be that good partner. I want to be that good, that good person that people see. I don't want to be, I don't want to become my uncle. That's what scares the living shit out of me. And that's what motivates me. And people need to realize that you, you can change. You, you, you can make those changes. Those changes are possible for you. You just have to believe in yourself and have realistic expectations set realistic goals for yourself every day. You know, um, one thing that's really important for me is, is just setting goals for myself. You know, I'm, I'm going to accomplish this and, and, and working towards accomplishing that and, and biting everything off in bite-sized pieces. You're not going to, Rome wasn't built in a day. You're not going to conquer things in a day. You need to go every day, baby steps, one step at a time. And before you know it, you'll be able to do it and you don't have to make gigantic changes in, in a job. Maybe you don't like what you're currently doing and you don't know what you want to do full time. What are your interests? What do you like? What do you like to do? Well, start researching that. Start looking into that. Nobody's saying you have to quit your job and go do that, but just look into it. I mean, whatever it is, I mean, it could be, you know, learning how to tile floors. I mean, or it could be learning how to do, or it could be learning how to work in the mental health field. You start slowly work, build up your education, take a class, take a night class. Um, and then have realistic expectations of you're going to have to commit a sacrifice in order to get where you want also, because a lot of people want things in life without having to sacrifice other things. Yeah. You are never, ever going to get anywhere unless you're willing to make a sacrifice. You, you know, you've got to be willing to sacrifice things. And that's what, uh, you know, when I talk to people who have, uh, you know, I run into people who have addiction or alcohol abuse or, or the people that are working through even, um, even through family situations is you got to be willing to make those changes, but you've also got to be willing to sacrifice things. And yeah, alcohol or drugs may have, <clears throat> that might be your friend, you know, that might be the only friend in your life. <clears throat> so, so sacrificing somebody's only thing, the only comfort that they have, you are literally stripping them from the one thing that makes them feel safe. You know, that's the one thing in their life. That's a constant. That's why they hang on to it. So, it, it is, it is brave, man. I, I support everyone that's gone through a, a addiction recovery. And, you know, 
I, I still drink occasionally. And, and I, like I said, you know, I still have my, my vices that I partake in, but also I've, I've learned how to, how to control it too. Um, and like, I, I enjoy smoking a cigar and drinking a glass of bourbon. I'm sure you've seen a tweet or two of that, but I also know that if I drink a glass of bourbon and I smoke a cigar, that's it. There's no going back for another glass. Or um, if I'm at a barbecue and I'm drinking two beers, that's it. Or if I'm at the house, I cut the grass and I drink two beers. Uh, oftentimes I'll go to the convenience store and I don't buy a six pack. I buy two beers. Okay. Yeah. You know, because I know if I buy, if I buy a six pack, well, one, one will lead to another and then another and then another and then another. So I just, I just, I've learned to, I've learned to control those things in myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and for some people, they can't do that. Yeah. Once, no. Once. <laughs> yep. No. And that's why I ask anybody that's going through, like, you know, who's going through recovery, you know, if, if somebody were to tell me, you know, I'm a recovering alcoholic, you know, I don't have to drink around them. And people will be like, well, screw that. They shouldn't even be here. You know, if they don't want to, you know, and I'm like, maybe with a friend like you, maybe, if I were them, I would just tell, I just wouldn't be your friend anymore. Because obviously you worry about your good time more than you worried about them. Yeah. You know, and if you know people like that, if you're listening, um, yeah, just cut them out of your life. Yeah. You don't, that, you don't need that kind of shit. Yeah. Get you a new, <laughs> get you a new support circle for yeah, sure. Get you, get you some, some people that are actually going to support you. Without a doubt, man. Well, um, JC, man, this has been an absolute pleasure. You, oh, yeah, dude. You've touched on some points that I think are are, are really important. And um, this, even though I've been here talking to you, this is going to be an episode I can already tell that I'm going to replay and, and revisit uh, just because there, there was so many good points. But um, if you wouldn't mind, take, take a second here at the end and address that person in the audience who's been struggling with mental health they feel isolated. They feel trapped, and they don't know what to do. Just take a take a couple minutes or however long and address them, if you would. All right. Um, you know, you might be in a place right now. Uh, it might be in a relationship. It could be with addiction um it could be a mental health issue but you're not you're not trapped you're not stuck you can overcome it but the decision to overcome it has got to be within yourself you've got to come to the realization that nobody's coming to save you you will have friends you will have loved ones that help you but ultimately the decision lies within you to change you. There's a lot of hard things that people go through in their lives. There's a lot of evil out in the world. Don't let what other people have done to you, said to you, or how they've treated you 
make you feel any less worthy of love, affection, and being a human being. Because we all are out here struggling, everyone. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know that I, more than anybody, have struggled just the same as you. And you can recover from whatever you're going through, but you've got to understand that only you have the power to do it for yourself. So I hope that that helps somebody out there. You're a good man, JC. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're with us still. Yeah, man. Uh, I I wonder every day why I'm here, but you know, like I said, I hear that click every once in a while and it, and it it gets to me, but you know, it, it, it's just part of life, dude. You gotta, you gotta keep moving. We keep moving. That's we it, don't man. stop. You either move forward or you stop. My grandfather used to say, "Still water freezes." Ooh, I like that a lot. Still water freezes. Still water freezes, baby. That's what was one of his sayings, and he's ninety years old, so the water kept moving. <clears throat> there is an old Pentecostal uh, crazy person, but he had a he had a saying. His name was Smith Wigglesworth. But he had this saying, it said, uh, every day you don't progress, you bla- you backslide. Yep. And I like that. Oh, yeah, I man. I like that, man. Keep moving forward. Well, it was it was awesome, dude. I appreciate you having me on. Anytime, brother. Yeah. Um, if somebody felt like they connected with you and, and they wanted to reach out and, and maybe bounce some stuff off you, how can they find you? Uh, they can just, you know, follow me on Twitter at the JC LaFleur. Um Right now, my Instagram is is currently I've currently locked down for a little while, um, but I probably should. Uh, well, it's actually at the Sky Daddy One um, on Twitter. Look for at, or they can follow you and find me. It's at the Sky Daddy One, and that's a that's a whole another funny name story. The Sky Daddy. <laughs> you got the Sky Daddy JC LaFleur, aka Werewolf Jesus. And if anybody's looking at my beard, you know, it's legit. Yeah. It's legit. Yeah. I'm representing. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, man, thanks a lot, JC. And hell, we'll see you here in a few weeks. You're gonna be joining us for the uh, dad round table. Oh so. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a blast. It'll be a blast, man. Yeah, for sure, man. All right, brother. All right. Have a good one, man. You too. All right. There you go. JC, you are an absolute warrior. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on and get gut level honest about some of this stuff. Um, It takes a lot of courage to face uh, mental health problems. It takes a lot of courage as a man, especially to face mental health problems, because there's a lot of bullshit bravado and machoism that comes into you know like the being of a man in modern day society and to drop that facade and actually get gut level honest about where you're at and seek help for that dude that that takes some serious grit and so um i hope that you guys got a lot out of that i know that i did um definitely going to be reflecting on this and here in a few weeks jc will be back man i'm really pumped to have the dad round table, the next one that we have coming up. Um, we've really cultivated this, this circle. Uh, everybody that I've had on those round tables has been such, has played such an integral integral. Is that the word? A, a pivotal. There we go. Role in my life 
that uh, they they are examples. They are people that I can watch, I can learn from, and I consistently, you know, kind of reflect on how I'm approaching my fatherhood responsibilities. And uh, I just, if you don't have that, absolutely go get that. I mean, check your if you're not a if you're not in the rooms of recovery check the churches. If you're not in the churches, like check anywhere, check just whoever's doing that dad thing right around you, latch onto them, hang on to them and learn from them because that's how we, that's how we do it. Right. Um, and yeah, so leading into the song of the day, this has been a very chill weekend for me. We went to a little Airbnb down the road from the house and it had a little private pond. It was way out in the middle of the country. And I've been like listening to Hank Williams and all sorts of old country and folk music. And this is Willie T. Taylor. And the song is called The Wrong Way to Run. I'm pretty sure I've played this song before in the past, but uh, just going to play it again because it's it's very chill. Very cool. Uh, I love you guys. I hope you enjoy it and we will see you soon. Forgive me for all of my wrongs Good Lord, he's calling and it's time to go home soon boys gonna clear up this dust and I ain't had a home in so very long but I'm heading to the house boys I'll leave the light on cause I'm a laid back one and I've been one so long I ain't perfect you can tell by my songs brothers forgive me for all of my wrongs the good lord he's calling and it's time to go I wore out my shoes in that wrong way to run I blistered my skin working hard in the sun Supper's almost over and I done cleaned my plate And there's a light shining yonder, boys, I don't think I'll wait I'm a laid back one and I've been one so long I ain't perfect, you can tell by my songs Brothers, forgive me for all of my wrongs. The good Lord, he's calling and it's time to go home. I hear him calling and it's time to go home.